Hello, I'm Curtis Bowers, and this is Agenda Weekly. Thank you so much for joining me again this week. Hope you all have had a good week. Uh, a lot going on, as you know. We've got a bunch of videos below this week, a little more than normal. A lot of them are short, but it's to help cover the diversity of things going on, like what's going on with Taiwan and in Cuba. The Chinese are wanting to come step into Cuba now and take that over and, and start building things there. And, of course, the Biden administration is saying nothing about it. We uh, just have so many different things going on. One of the biggest threats of getting in a scuffle with China is they make all the medications for the United States of America. I thought we'd learn our lesson during COVID, but we didn't. When we realized all our antibiotics and all our other medications are all made in China and we're not going to bring them to America, then and have them made. No, we're not. And we didn't. And so it's a huge threat. One of the videos below today is a short video talking about a place you can get medications right now. And they recommend you get them right now, even if you don't need them, antibiotics and different things like that. Because if a scuffle happens with Taiwan or with what's going on in Cuba or the Ukraine thing escalates into a world war like they're trying to do. They're trying to provoke that clearly. Nuclear missiles are being brought to that area from all over the world. Um, different countries and Russia, and we're bringing things there, tactical nuclear weapons and things. I mean, it's just a, a powder keg getting ready to go off. And I think they want it to go off at the right time. But uh, we need to get things we need in case they're cut off for the long haul. Central banks all over the world are just continuing to buy up gold at record rates, and that should be a sign to us um, that, okay, if they're doing that, they must know a collapse or something is coming in the future, and uh, that might be a wise thing for us to do. Also have a documentary, I believe the name of it was Enjoy the Show, and it's a documentary that really digs in, kind of like Agenda did, but it digs into the media, Hollywood, entertainment, all the people in those places that it appears to be, they're simply controlled and put into those places by our intelligence community. Uh, many of the newscasters, many of the Hollywood movie stars, many of the musicians and things like that, they were put there specifically to do things that they were supposed to do to corrupt the culture, to brainwash us, to propagandize us or whatever. But it was a really powerful documentary you might want to watch. But what we're going to talk about this week in this episode is biohacked China's race to control life. Uh, Brandon Weikart, I was watching an interview by him and he had so many key points in that. We're going to go through that interview and, and talk about it. But I think as you look at this topic, it's very significant what China is doing. And through this episode, you'll see how they're trying to get the money of the world and the top scientists of the world to all come to China to really work on, you know, fiddling with the human genome and, and learning how to make a super race, a superhuman, a super athlete, and most importantly, a super communist. And they're working to do this, and it's uh, pretty amazing. 
But that's what we're going to talk about this week. Those watching on Rumble, please like and follow. It helps the algorithms push us out to more people, and we would appreciate that. Those that are subscribers, thank you so much for being a part of what we do. We, we are grateful for you because we couldn't do any of this without you, so thank you. Brandon Weikart recently wrote a book, Biohacked, China's Race to Control Life. And it's really interesting what they're doing. America invented this technology, the CRISPR-Cas9 gene editing tool. And of course, it was invented with the hopes of being able to help disease or birth defects or things like that, as it usually is at least talked about as if it's going to be a good cause. But quickly, it's already being used for evil. And they're experimenting with it in China because that's the only place in the world you can go and do whatever. So all the top scientists and the funding from the elites and the globalists are pumping into China to see what can we do with mankind? How much can we change him? How much can we make them think like we want them to think and act like we want them to act and, and so on and so forth? But watch this first clip here as we get into this. It's kind of what is happening right now in China. Hacking the biology of not just human beings, but of all living things using a device that American scientists created uh, known as CRISPR-Cas9. That's a gene editing tool. Uh, we have been trying to do this for many years. We use that to map the human genome. But we started sharing this technology with the communist Chinese. And the Chinese have now uh, taken that capability and they've scaled it up. And now they're doing some truly horrific things with that technology, that capability. Uh, and they are using that not just to try to beat American uh, companies from creating uh, new innovative uh, cures for diseases like cancer or HIV. They're now actually weaponizing this capability uh, to create what the Chinese military uh, bioweapons program director calls specific ethnic genetic attacks. That's basically they're taking all of the genetic data they can get their hands on through a company called Beijing Genomics Institute, and they're putting it into the world's largest database of genetic information known as the Gene Bank in Beijing, and they're using artificial intelligence to collate that information and to identify groups of people and individuals that they don't like their genetics, and then trying to tailor weapons and illnesses that will wipe out those groups or individuals without ever being uh, attributed to the Chinese. And so we've given them that capability. That's what that's what I mean by biohacking. It's also the, the subtitle, um, the race to control life. Uh, that's exactly what this is. They are trying to control the very building blocks of life in order to create, uh, for lack of a better term, the perfect communist man. And so that's what we're up against. And we're giving them in China the tools and capabilities that will basically be used to destroy us and humanity overall in the name of uh, Han Chinese supremacy. So it's a whole new level of warfare. Like you just heard, they're working to have viruses and bioweapons that could attack even down to an individual person it would only be deadly to your DNA. That's why I don't know if you've ever done one of those DNA tests. You shouldn't if you haven't. But China is buying up all the data from them. They want the DNA of every person on the planet. 
and this is the type of thing they're using it for. They're also doing it where they could perhaps wipe out a race of people, Africans, Europeans, whatever, where they would create a virus and engineer it where it just attacks this type of DNA. As I know what their goals are of world domination, it makes total sense. Like they want America. And I don't think they'll ever have nuclear war with America because they want our farmland. They want it to be able to feed their country. And so, but if they could have something that would just wipe out most of our population, they'd love that. And then they have the land and then those who are left can be their slaves to farm it and do whatever they want. But, but listen to Brandon talk about that goal of being precise with what they can do with this capability. But this is explicitly what the Chinese talk about in their military white papers. And this is the stuff that I could find in the public domain. So you could imagine, given how secretive China is, the stuff they're saying behind closed doors and the capabilities they're building out behind the scenes are probably infinitely worse and scarier than what we can find in public research databases. And the worst part is, is that American pharmaceutical companies and the NIH, the National Institute of Health, as as well as former Dr. Anthony Fauci's former group, the National Institute of Allergies and Infectious Diseases, U.S. taxpayer-funded groups, uh, government entities, have been sharing research capabilities, tax dollars, and information with these Chinese uh, biotech firms that are then using that information to weaponize it against us. And so we have a real problem here where you have the U.S. scientific community helping unwittingly. They just want the cures and the money and the prestige. They don't realize that all that information and data they're sharing with places like the Wuhan Institute of Virology are being weaponized against the American people and against those that the Chinese government deems to be bad. And so that's what we're up against, and we've got to stop it. And Rand Paul has been one of the few voices. I've talked to his staff about this uh, back in 2019. He's been one of the few consistent voices trying to stop this from happening. China sees this as a great opportunity to bring the brains and the funding of the world to China. And then they will benefit from the research that's being done, from the understanding that's gained from doing these different experiments and things that they're doing. There's also no regulations in China for this, like I said. So scientists that really want to see, oh, what can we do? They'll go there to do it because every other country has restrictions on, oh, you can't do this or you can't do that, like they should. But so it's going to give the Chinese military a huge advantage. This is all part of their unrestricted warfare against America. Act like we're trying to benefit mankind medically, and so the world thinks, okay, that's not too bad, but it has nothing to do with that. It's how to destroy and control mankind and eliminate the people that we don't agree with. The issue is, is that we don't view biotechnology the way that China does. China has the military-civil fusion, MCF, 
that they've been basically tailoring to beat us as part of their unrestricted warfare doctrine. The Chinese know they can't defeat us in an open war in a fair fight. So what they want to do is they want to use non-military means to weaken and basically defeat us without having to fight us in a fair fight directly. So biotechnology is one of those areas. Yes, they're developing explicit bioweapons, and we have bioweapons as well that we've developed going back decades. But the Chinese aren't just looking at things like sarin or VX, nerve gas. They're trying to use um, the quest for vaccines and for cures to diseases to gain access to our CRISPR-Cas9 capabilities, where they are then taking that information and weaponizing it. So in the book, I talk about coronavirus, COVID-19. It came from the lab, and I actually don't think it was an accidental leak. I know people like Senator Cotton do, and maybe they're right, but I actually think that it came from the lab and it was launched at us purposely by the Chinese government. And the Chinese government did coronavirus research. They actually had a 2015 white paper that I referenced in the book in which they explicitly talked about, the military in China did, weaponizing coronaviruses in order to collapse a rival country like America's medical and economic system in order to have long-lasting strategic political effects on the targeted country. What happened in 2020? We got rid of Donald Trump, who was the number one threat to the Chinese military and government. We had never had a president since Nixon use trade like we did against China. Usually it's China using it on us, the trade war. Trump went after foodstuffs coming out of the United States going into China. The Chinese leaders looked at that and said, the number one way that regimes collapse in China is through famine. So they thought we were launching an unrestricted warfare attack on them. So in turn, after they signed that trade deal with Trump, which was bad for China, just a couple months later, coronavirus comes out of nowhere and suddenly America's losing its mind. It's a biological 9-11. That's unrestricted warfare. They didn't want to kill us all. They just wanted to remove a big problem for them and weaken us in the process. I agree 100%, as you know, it was a purposeful attack. And I believe the final nail in the coffin for Trump, as I've told you in the past, but it was his speech he gave in September of 2019. Uh, it was September 24th to the United Nations, where he said, the future doesn't belong to the globalist. It belongs to the patriots. Looking around, and all over this large, magnificent planet. The truth is plain to see. If you want freedom, take pride in your country. If you want democracy, hold on to your sovereignty. And if you want peace, love your nation. Wise leaders always put the good of their own people and their own country first. The future does not belong to globalists. The future belongs to patriots. And I, I believe that's when they said it's got to go. And that's about exactly the date they think it was released, right at the end of September or the beginning of October. And But China, the deep state, the elites, the globalists all wanted him gone. And so that's when something works perfectly into a plan that you already know exists, you realize, okay, that was purposeful then. It was an accident. 
things don't mathematically happen like that, just an accident here or there that is perfectly aligned with every single detail they're trying to accomplish. No, it was all purposeful. But I don't believe the countries and everything are as independent as we're led to believe. I think the same people at the top of this thing that are telling Biden what to do, they're telling Xi what to do also in China. <laughs> I, I don't think it's like, oh, it's all independent and everything. It's the, the more you study history, you see it's so intertwined and so few are in control of so many because they control the levers of action, like the bankers. That's why the bankers have always been in control because any country in the world, if the bankers turn against you, they can collapse you in 24 hours. Um, they could do that to Russia right now if they wanted to or China, but they don't. And that's why, you know, this whole thing's kind of a lie that, oh, we're against this group or that group. Um, they're using all the groups to accomplish their purposes. But uh, the Chinese are really trying to create a Superman a super soldier, a super athlete, um, and a super communist, as he talks about here in this clip. When the Olympians were going to uh, Beijing for the Olympics, a warning was put out by then Director of National Intelligence John Ratcliffe, who was Trump's, I think he was the last DNI for Trump. Uh, he sent a warning to the Olympic Committee saying, do not allow for the Olympians to give over any of their hair or blood or urine samples, which is something that normally happens. They do drug tests and things like that before the games begin uh, in the host country. Um, don't do that because the Chinese are going to take that information and they're going to put it into that gene bank I mentioned in the previous section. And they're going to then, the fear was, save that data and then try to gene edit those Olympiad traits into their people, specifically their military, but also possibly just more generally the Han Chinese people to make a superior uh, group of human beings. Now, obviously, again, I want to stress, this is all in the rudimentary technological phase, but as I say in the book from the movie Prometheus, Big things have small beginnings. And so by collecting all the data, collecting all the capabilities, they're building a foundation will they, where they will then be able to scale it up and do these specific ethnic genetic attacks. Another group they're doing this on, the first group they're testing this on, are those poor Uyghurs, the ethnic uh, Turkic Muslim Uyghurs in Western China, Xinjiang province. They're being rounded up by the millions, put into these, and let's call them what they are, concentration camps. And then the first thing they are so they are forced to do is hand over blood, urine, semen, uh, hair, skin samples to the Chinese prison guards, who then send all that data back to the gene bank in Beijing, where then the Chinese military go through and they're trying to find, is there some genetic trait that would allow for them to develop specific ethnic genetic attacks tailored against the Muslim Uyghurs, and then they're going to scale that capability out to go after any group or individual the Chinese Communist Party doesn't like. Things are really getting crazy. Not only are they trying to engineer a superhuman by taking the DNA of great athletes or whatever to infuse that into their people, but then they're doing the opposite. They're, then they're trying to destroy by then finding, like the Uyghur Muslims, how can we create a virus that would just kill them all off? So in our country, we don't have to round them up anymore, put them in the concentration camps. We just let this virus go and it doesn't affect any Chinese. It only affects them. I mean, that's, 
the level this is going to, which is kind of hard to believe. But the Wuhan Institute of Virology, uh, where the virus came from of COVID, is a military complex. And listen to what he found in his research about that place. And so what I found in the book when I did the research was that the Wuhan Institute of Virology is part of the Chinese military um, and that it was built by a French firm in 2003. It took an extraordinary long time, longer than usual, to build this facility in Wuhan because the French intelligence services were trying to stop the French company RTV from completing the project because they were warning RTV, this is not going to be used for above board medical research. This is going to be used for virulent bioweapons research. And RTV didn't care because they wanted the money, which is typical of Western firms. Mm -hmm. uh, and so China was given this BSL-4, biosafety level four capability, which is the most serious amount of, of, of pathogens they can play with. Uh, with the understanding from everybody that they were, of course, going to use this for pernicious bioweapons experimentation. In fact, the facility, while we know about the Batwoman of Wuhan, Dr. Shi Zheng Li, which is their leading expert on coronaviruses, she's technically a civilian, although she might she is involved with the military. She was running that facility until COVID broke out. Then when COVID broke out, a woman named Dr. I'm, I'm sorry, a woman named General uh, Chen Wei. Uh, who's the leading People's Liberation Army um, biogenetics expert, she was pulled in and took direct control of the Wuhan Institute of Virology. She goes by another nickname that they proudly call her in China's press, the goddess of war. Mm. And that's who was controlling the Wuhan Institute of Virology after the uh, the disease was loosed. So I do believe, yes, this was a, a bioweapon in development. I don't know if they intended to use it as soon as 2020, but once Trump initiated the agricultural trade war, plus those Hong Kong democracy protests began in 2019, I fundamentally believe President Xi Jinping, the leader of China, was not looking at those as unconnected events. I think he thought, oh my gosh, the Americans have elected a madman who's going to use our tactics against us, trade war. I've got to fire back in a non-military way. I'm going to unleash a disease that they think is the flu, a biological 9-11 that they won't see coming, and that will force the Americans to turn on themselves rather than attack me like they did to bin Laden after the original 9-11. And I think that's what happened. He wanted to get rid of Trump, and he knew it was an election year, and this is how the Chinese did it. And they're going to do something like this again if there's an American leader they don't like. They're already playing with smallpox at the Wuhan Institute of Virology. So Trump was doing to China exactly what Reagan did to the Soviets. He started putting pressure on them and started orchestrating things behind the scenes to make them economically collapse because he knew they were on the verge of collapse. But he said, OK, we're going to add a little pressure to that to cause it to fall because they won't even be able to feed themselves. Well, anyway, uh, China and the elites realized what Trump was doing, and he really was going to make America great again. And he really was going to to cut the strength and power of China, who is the model for the world. And so that's what they had to do. They said, okay, it's time to unleash our weapon to take care of him. The evil direction that medicine is heading is really hard to comprehend, um, but watch this clip. Medicine married to ethics and some sense of Judeo-Christian value set 
I think can be a wonderful thing. Um, but what we're talking about now is a group of medical elites who have absolutely no greater ethical principle or religious doctrine um, other than getting rich, getting famous, getting prestige, getting more power, um, and they don't care how they're going to do it. And so you're right. I think there is, you know, I think it was Churchill, and I'm paraphrasing now, but Churchill said that uh, all warfare is ultimately spiritual. Mm. Um, and so I think what we're witnessing here with this quest to this race to control life um, is the arrogance of unbelieving men uh, trying to control the building blocks of life, which I would dare say should be preserved only for God. Um, but perhaps I'm old school in that way. But I do think you're right. This is part of a larger spiritual war that's going on. In, and it's not just between nations. It's between men and women who are believers and unbelievers. And it's it's really sad to see. And it's really kind of scary. But it is metaphysical, I think, too. The Bible tells us that it's a spiritual battle. It wasn't Winston Churchill. <laughs> He tells us that we wrestle not against flesh and blood. And I think that's what this is. It is satanic to the core because it's allowing these evil, wicked men that hate God to feel like they're like God, though, and that they're creating and they're, they're able to control life. The end goal, I believe, is much deeper and much more satanic in that it is to end all human life. And I know that sounds crazy, but watch this clip from Elon Musk talking about what the future is going to look like in their world. They're not going to achieve this, in my opinion, because God will not allow them to. But it kind of shows that eventually, yeah, we perfect man as much as we can. But then we're coming up with a way behind the scenes with technology to download our brains into a robotic figure that can be repaired indefinitely and live forever. And that's the real goal of this. And them thinking they can do that, which Satan wants them to believe that, because as you download the brain, okay, yeah, your brain's in there now, everything's okay. And then they exterminate mankind. Um, they're not in that robotic figure that might even have whatever knowledge was in their brain in it. Um, their soul is standing before a holy God and giving an account, but that's how evil this really is. But watch this clip here. I mean, this is obviously sounding increasingly like a Black Mirror episode. Everything that's encoded in memory, you could, uh, you could upload. You could basically store your memories um, as a backup and restore the memories. Um, and ultimately, you could potentially download them into a new body or into a robot body. The future is going to be weird. So that's the end goal that Satan has in mind, where it's humans blended with machines, where eventually they become mechanical and computerized like technology. And the reason that's so vital to him is because each of us are made in the image of God. So every human you can destroy, kill, or, or not have exist, um, is a great blessing to Satan. He loves that. And that's all this is. It's when you think mankind is not the pinnacle of all creation and will never be <laughs> exceeded, which it will not, because there's so much more to us than the capabilities of our computers and our brains. Um, 
but they're ignoring that because all those other qualities we have, the creative abilities, the ability to love and to feel and to sense and stuff, those are all characteristics of God because we're in his image. And they don't want us to have any of those. They want us to be like a machine that is sterile, cold, robotic, and does as it is told. Well, that is not what God created. And man will always thrive over this, no matter how it has to happen. This is like the Tower of Babel. They will build so far, and then God will say, no more. <laughs> okay, and so that's why we need to stand against it, though, is because its root is evil, the core of it is evil, and it is man playing God. And the real end of that, here's a clip by Laura Logan talking about how they're trying to manipulate us into accepting this world they're trying to create. And it's the question of human beings merging in some form with machines. And they're not talking about just merging your brain because, I mean, your, your body, right? Because you can get a bionic leg, a bionic arm. You can even get a bionic eye right now that's out, um, uh, that's already available to consumers. So, but you're not just talking about the physical blending of your body. You're talking about the blending of your brain. And once you can get into your brain, I think we can all agree that the most private space in the world for any human being is what is happening in their thoughts and in their mind and in their heart and in their soul, all of which comes together in your brain. And so um, and so the, the fact that that we are now faced with technology that interferes and invades that space. They need us to give it up willingly. We have to give it up willingly because if we don't give it up willingly, they will never prevail. So that's the first key is for people to know. Once you say, this is progress, we can't stop it, I surrender. It's over for you, right? And, and one of the things that I think is the most critical to understanding this is that they want to alter us as we are created. Then you have, uh, you. it doesn't matter whether it's consensual or not anymore. And we will be sold things. If you see, remember I said, recognize those patterns, right? Private ownership is bad. Here's another, here's another thought that you will hear running through every single thing, lots of different ideologies. And, and that thought literally is that we can't stop this. They want you to think that we can't stop it, number one. And I don't believe that that's true. And number two, they'll tell you it's good for you. It's better for you in some way. And not only for you, but for humanity as a whole. And mm. it's your responsibility as a good global citizen to do what is best for humanity as a whole. Does that sound familiar to anybody? Remember COVID? Remember the climate? Right. And what they are going to do, what they what, beyond what Elon Musk and Yuval Noah Harari and all of them are talking about there in that video is they're going to now tell you the next step after that is that they can, using technology, bypass the part of the brain that gets human beings to do bad things. So the part of the brain that gets someone to murder someone or to hurt somebody or to hate somebody, they'll tell you with technology, if we bypass that part of the human brain, we can all live in a utopia where nobody suffers, nobody gets hurt, and so on. And guess what else is waiting for us in this utopia? Which, by the way, remember, utopia 
is essentially heaven. But this is heaven created by men on earth because they want to be the creator of everything. So they will create human bodies. They will create human soldiers. They will create human embryos. They will create life, i.e. they will become the creator. They will substitute for God. And not only that, but they will create a heaven on earth, which all of us can live in. And so essentially what all of this comes back to, every single part of it, the reason I say that at the core of technology is the war on God, is because technology allows them to become gods. And Yuval Noah Harari says it. He says, we are on the verge of becoming, of, of acquiring divine power. That's an exact quote. But when he says we, I think it's really important for people to understand he doesn't mean you and me. You've been identified as having the same gene as me. It's called the resistance gene, right? Mm -hmm. I'm going to resist this until my last breath. I will die free rather than live forever in your man-made utopia, which by the way, you know, when you look at this utopia, it's not the, the ones who will have divine power are few. It will not be all of us. They will have divine power. And on top of that, Yuval Noah Harari just recently said that with AI, we, we notice the we again, right? That we that doesn't include us. It doesn't include the mass of humanity. It includes a small number of people who will be in control of this. We will have the power to rewrite the Bible and correct it. So all those things in the Bible that caused people to kill each other and caused hatred and made, and made things unpleasant for the world, we can correct all of that with AI. Mm. And it's, you know, it's very, very significant here for people to understand those people who are buying into technology, you're selling your freedom, you're selling your privacy, and at, at you know, unfortunately, you're selling your soul because you're buying into the lie that this technology is, is going to benefit you. It may benefit you tomorrow, but it's not going to benefit you in the long run, and it's not going to benefit all of humanity. A couple key things. One, they want you to believe this is unstoppable, and it is not. When we say no to technology, when we decouple ourselves from the matrix they're trying to create around us, we say no to their movies, no to their music, no to their news media and everything else, and we educate ourselves, we read books, we enjoy fellowship with friends and family, we do those things that knit us together and, and, and stimulate our brains to, have, to understand the times. Um, they will not succeed. But they also, she said, they want you to believe it's good for everyone. This is the best for everyone. It never is. Every little scheme they've pushed in the last hundred years, oh, this will help the poor of the world, or this will help the environment, or this will help whatever, has never done that. It's always done the opposite of that. And we have to see their lies. But heaven on earth, what Karl Marx talk about? We're going to create a utopia. Communism is going to create a utopia on earth. Well, it's a lie. As a Christian, I just heard her talk about the Bible. Isn't that unbelievable? The, the bottom line is they want to rewrite the Bible. Who wants to do that? Who wants to rewrite the Bible? <laughs> Satan wants to rewrite the Bible, obviously. That's unbelievable to me. It's just, it's so clear that this whole thing is satanic. A couple of weeks ago, we had an episode on technology, the dangers 
of social media, of smartphones, of computers, of uh, video games, all that stuff. And one of the men talked about, he's one of the creators of it, said, we have to distinguish the difference between technologies that are a tool and technologies that are non-tools. Do you remember that? A tool is like a shovel. When it's sitting against the wall over there, it just waits until you need it to dig a hole. You pick it up, use it, and then you set it back. It doesn't take any of your time except when it's helping you accomplish its one task. He said non-tools, in contrast, they are calling you over. They want to use their t your time. They have an agenda in that. And those we need to say no to. No, thank you. I'm not interested in staring at this little screen all day long. I will call my friends or drive over to their house and talk to them if I need to get a hold of them, but I'm not doing this. This is a fantasy world that's all non-connecting to people. It's, you're not really connecting with them. Yeah, and so anyway, but it's amazing to me that uh, the, the, when she talked about the Bible there, that was just stunning that, of course, that's the end game of this thing. Let's rewrite the Bible. Well, back to finish up on China as they deal with this thing. But the money and power is going there because there's no rules. And Brandon talks about that a little bit more here. Uh, well, that's one of the big targets that they're trying to do. Uh, and this is one of the reasons why American and, and Western tech tycoons and tech and, and biotech industries are partnering with Chinese tech firms because unlike in the United States where there is still some degree of ethical and legal and regulatory framework that prevents some of these really crazy risky biotech R&D experiments from going too far ahead, in China there is no limit. And so if the Americans who want this technology can't get it here by developing it here, they happily partner with China. Mm -hmm. uh, and so what we're seeing, you're talking about Hu Jiankui, who was one of their leading in China, leading researchers in biotechnology. He had a patient who had who were having twins. The patients had um, uh, genetically, they, they were predisposed to HIV. They had HIV. The mother was infected with it. And the HIV had passed the, through the blood-brain barrier of the twins that she was carrying. And so they knew that these children were going to be born with a horrible disease, HIV-AIDS. And so Hu Jiankui went in using CRISPR-Cas9 with two of his lab assistants, and he gene edited out the genes in the two babies, unborn babies, uh, that were going to make them susceptible to HIV over the course of their lives. He removed that. The babies were born. They were healthy. So good for him that he saved two children from a terrible illness. But what they found, and this was reported in MIT Technology Review, a very respected publication, and I cite it in the book, what they found was that there were undocumented, or they didn't get into specifics of what they were, but what they found was that there was um, a brain augmentations made to the two twins after they were born. Mm -hmm. And the reason that Hu Jiankui was put in jail was not because the Chinese government was so offended that he did this research. No, it was because it became public knowledge, which meant that the Western press had it, which meant that Western audiences and policymakers on the Hill were aware of it. And the Chinese government was worried, oh my gosh, the Americans, at least some of them, might start trying to stop us from using CRISPR-Cas9. So they threw him in jail 
uh, because I think they were trying to cover up the fact that that this was a state-sanctioned mission, that this was a proof of concept that the Chinese government wants to scale up now and apply it across the board with the help of Western pharmaceutical companies and Western tech innovators and investors. We are really heading into some dark times. Technology is allowing the evil heart of man to do things that were unthinkable just a few years ago. It's really sobering. But he goes on to talk about how all these elites and all these top scientists, as they come over there to work, because they can do whatever they want to do there, there's no restrictions, uh, a lot of them don't realize they're setting China up for world domination. I talk about this in one of the chapters called Eggheads, in which I sort of talk about how Western scientists like Yuval um, are um, basically doing the bidding of the Chinese Communist Party, thinking that they are changing the world for a globalist uh, socialist utopia. But in fact, they're the useful idiots that Stalin used to talk about because they're not the ones driving this thing. They're simply the, the pawns being used by Xi Jinping and the Chinese Communist Party. So they are being used, these, these, these Western-built um, globalist institutions that think they're the real masters of the universe, they're actually, I think, being used unwittingly by the Chinese Communist Party to basically control Western populations, to force these, these technologies and these changes upon the West so that the Chinese Communist Party can bloodlessly or relatively bloodlessly achieve its China vision 2049, which is China dream 2049, which is to become the world's dominant, only dominant superpower by the 100th year anniversary of the founding of the People's Republic of China. And so I think Yuval and all these world economic foreign types and all these masters of the universe, they're actually not masters of the universe. They are either knowingly or in many cases unwittingly the useful idiots of Xi Jinping's very nationalist Chinese agenda of making China the dominant power in the world without having to start a major war to do it. The true elites and globalists are the ones pushing this. Because ever since 1973, when David Rockefeller went to China and came back and said, China is the model for the world. Ever since then, all the wealth, the bankers, the elites have been pushing funding to China to build them up into an economic superpower and now into a military superpower. They want the Chinese to be the communist rulers of the world while they're behind them, but they can do all the dirty work for them. They can install the surveillance society that tortures anyone that doesn't go along to get along and everything else. So that's been the goal all along. So some of the people are unwittingly doing this that are ignorant to the big plan. Um, but those behind the scenes that are the ones directing the different things that are going on, they know exactly what they're doing. They need a communist system because it gives them total control. But they want someone else to be doing the dirty work of it. But the Rothschilds and the Rockefellers and all the different elites of the world, they need the Communist Party of China to do the dirty work for them. Or when they tell them, eliminate all Christians, they have someone that's willing to do it, happy to do it, and loves doing it. That's why communism is so vital to the globalists, the, the, the world government, the coming 
utopia they're trying to create. In that utopia, communism is a necessity. And that's why that's the world we're going to. In this last clip, Brandon explains how they're getting America's best and brightest. Um, his wife, who was a PhD student at Yale University in the biotech industry, they tried to seduce her to come over and work for them. And he talks about that process. But you know it's being successful with many of the young people. It wasn't with her. But when they say they will pay off all your student loans immediately if you come, that's very attractive if you're two, three, four hundred thousand dollars in debt. But watch this last clip. I was working on the, on the Hill and I was I was doing work with the government. So I was well versed in what China's thousand talents program was. Mm -hmm. And so basically it was founded by a guy named Yi Rao, who, of course, published a hit piece on Tom Cotton in The New York Times. But this guy helped to create the thousand talents program, which is basically China's attempt to get American and Western scientists to come work for their biotech firms or their tech firms and give their military and their country all the capabilities of America. And so my wife was telling me that while she was doing her PhD in genetics at Yale, she and her cohort of PhD students were getting these emails from Wuhan-based Chinese state-owned entities. This is back in 2014, before anybody really knew what Wuhan was. And they were saying, come to the China, come to China after your PhD and come work in one of our labs. You'll be given top billing in academic publications, which is a big deal for new PhD students. They don't normally get that. That's a very high honor. And also as a signing bonus, if you're still hesitant, as a signing bonus, we will pay off 100% of your student loans before you even get on the plane to come to uh, China. And that is where we are, uh, that, is, that is what we're facing, is that now the Chinese industrial espionage artists are using our student loan crisis as a tool to ensnare the next generation of geneticists, aerospace engineers, whatever. Uh, and it, as I said to my wife I, at the time, I said, I said, honey, I go, this was sent to your Yale.edu uh, 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 email, which means on some level, the Yale University um, you know, the, the leaders had to be aware that these Chinese biotech firms were going to send this email to you, which means that our research institutions are actively involved with trying to, to create connections with and send their top talent over to China, where they will basically serve the interests of the Chinese military. So we have a much larger problem here than even I think the national security experts realize or care to acknowledge, which is China uses our, our um, student loan crisis. They're targeting our next generation of innovators. And oh, by the way, it looks like many of our academic and research institutions are actually helping the Chinese government to do that. So this is a, a big problem. Once you lose the Judeo-Christian foundations, that all it is about is money, power, and control. People aren't going to be loyal to their country or principles and stuff. Once that's been thrown out, you are doing what is best for number one. And so, of course, they're able to do this. And China understands that, that, man, you can buy him off. And so that's what they're doing in every possible area because they seek to rule the world. Um, I hope there were some good things in here to just enlighten you to the direction some of these technologies are heading. And so we're aware of them. We understand them, how evil they could be. 
and, and we are saying no as often as possible to the new greatest and latest things that they're pushing on us because um, it's all a trap. It's setting up an invisible cage for total control. And then the CBDCs will fit right into that where then you have complete economic control of everyone. And for the most part, that controls everyone because most people aren't willing to lose what they have to stand for what is right. But we have to. We have to be able to do that. And that's why right now we're setting up systems outside of their system and thinking of ways to do things so we can say no and we have something to go to that's an alternative and outside of the grasp of their great reset and all the foolishness that they're pushing. Anyway, I appreciate you greatly. Our verse for this week is Psalm 119.11. Thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee. Don't forget to memorize these Bible verses each week and other verses. We want to hide God's word in our hearts. We won't sin against him. And so we'll always have it with us wherever we might end up being at some point in this situation that's setting up all around us. Um, every verse we've memorized, we'll be so grateful we have that with us if we end up in a worst case scenario like so many people have throughout the world. But I appreciate you greatly, thankful for you, and until next week, God bless you.